0: Funny sounding words, Ray. That's this week's. That's what we got. Funny sounding words. Comically sonic. What did we say? Comic sonic. Comic sonic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh-huh. To Whole Nine Yards. Thanks yeah. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: <laughs> As always.
1: Yeah. We always could spot a friend. I'm okay to say that. Hey, <laughs> how's it going? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel all right new day new topics we're we aren't recording on friday not that anyone cares no well they i mean you might sure but uh yeah it's a it's a different vibe Uh, a a midweek rainy day record is you know it's just different yeah but we'll still bring the joy always (laughs) 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 i know so funny sounding words yeah do you want to lead us off I do want to, thank you. You got it. Lead us off. I have a word I think maybe I use it sometimes. I don't know. It seems like it's in my bag of words. Rigmarole. Now I say rigmarole. Rigmarole, right. I think a lot of people in the 20th, now 21st, is it the 21st century already? We're well past that now. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah, I think a lot of us in the 21st century <laughs> say rigamarole. Rigamarole. Rigamarole, right. But it was for oh so long, you and me been finding it. E- uh, it's a rigmarole. Rigmarole. Yeah. Huh. Slid into like a BG song or something.
0: Yeah. So we do a little little extra in there. Rigamarole.
1: Yeah. It gives you a nice little. Um, it's like a. Yeah. Yeah. A little hill in the middle of the word. Well, i will just I'll just it's like blabberty blab, gobbledygook, all like that there. All like that there. Yeah. Those are some funny sounding words too. Yeah, they came up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know. So the word the word's been around somewhere near, you know, the way we even think of it in 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 a way to me for a lot longer than than a lot of our words. This one's this one's like man. Old. Old. But not Pliny the Elder, old, just okay. but but old.
0: With the E still at the end.
1: I'll go with that. Yeah. So the dictionary uh, would say it means complicated, bothersome nonsense.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: The OED saying um a lengthy and complicated procedure, which is more in my way of thinking of the word, uh, or a long, rambling story or statement.
0: Oh, I never. don't know if I've used it in,
1: like a, in that sense. Merriam-Webster would go on to say, A long and complicated, annoying process, description, etc., well, there you go. And that one there is really close to um, the heart of the matter, but I get ahead of myself. <laughs> this one, when, when we get back, when our shovel strikes hard stuff and we can go no further, we, we strike two, two, two stones in one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right
1: um but we're not there yet okay but i'm 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 we're gonna, just digging. but we do strike those stones and there is a relatively definitive answer here oh nice yeah i say relatively yeah uh because of the two stones the being two struck. stones in one yeah yeah so i'll go backwards i mean it's sad that while there are a lot of uses, you know, it will come up in, in newsprint in the 20th century, etc. Uh, you know, the lexicographers of trade want to say that, so now it is supposedly foolish commotion, which I don't see it as that. I see it as the mm-hmm. definitions that I, I had just read, long rambling, mm-hmm. yada, yada. But they feel like it's evolved in the 20th century. I don't. Eighteenth century, a long rambling story. Well, I I I say, put your ear to the ground. It's still a long rambling story, uh, but seventeen hundreds, all the same. In this here eighteenth century, uh, eighteen eighteen, uh, being your nineteenth century, Don Juan. <laughs> uh, it's in. It's right in there. And that uh, 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 a fine publication. Yeah. His speech was a fine sample on the whole of rhetoric, which the learned called rigmarole. 1859, this fellow Richard Favarell, uh, there's, a, there's a drop in his book, uh, you never heard such a rigmarole. Yeah.
0: Rigmarole still. There's so. no
1: guh. Nice, okay. Still 1700's a long rambling discourse. How, however you want to uh, slice it. Mm-hmm. The peanuts keep pouring out. <laughs> <laughs> what huh what well it's a snickers commercial oh nice well you, you slice it it comes up peanuts you know
0: huh yeah yeah it makes sense sure. yeah
1: Oh, uh, nine whole nine yards not sponsored by <laughs> snickers so yes <laughs> so yeah modern day a complex and sometimes ritualistic procedure i don't know maybe
0: Procedure, ritualistic, yeah. I mean, I see these. Or,
1: or, or laborious, I yeah, would right. say. You know, more, again, along the lines of, of the first definitions. Um, the, uh, anyway. So you go back. We're here today. It can still mean this sort of burdensome thing here. Uh, you go back a little bit m- more, like I just read you from Don Juan. Not, not any different, really, to me. Then it's in the 1500s but it is a long list or catalog. So mm-hmm. somewhere in the 1500s and 1600s, uh, or dare I say earlier, but as we got into 1600s, I suppose, there's no documentation that I can find, but it it stuck around but evolved a little bit from a long list or catalog to what? To the... um. Long rambling story, procedure, that kind of thing. Story, yeah. Yeah, you know, if I'm going to give you a big... Uh, you, it's it's like song and a dance. Hey, I'm I, get, give you I get a it. I just,
0: I just don't use it. I don't think of it in that context. But it makes sense, sure. Uh, what do you think I had to listen it? to that whole rigmarole. I mean, it makes sense. I just <laughs> think of it you go through the procedures, like you're saying, an annoying procedure.
1: I got to do... Oh, yeah. I wanted to just go ahead and give blood, but first I got to go through a bunch oh, of rigmarole. R- exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. But which is more common is how I use it. But I, I get it in the context of telling or listening to a story for sure. Makes sense. I just don't use it that way.
1: Yeah, that's all I'm saying. No, yeah, yeah. But in in the 1500s, it being a long list or catalog, uh, and really what that means is you know a, a burdensome, cumbersome, overstuffed. List it's really not that far, especially if you imagine I have to read through that list just to figure out you know a couple of people's names in there I got to read a bunch of crap mm-hmm. so I have to read the rigmarole you know so in the fifteen hundreds all I'm offering is that it was used slightly differently, but I here under protest is beef burger. <laughs> I contend that. You can see the path quite clearly, you know, backwards. Although yeah. I'm taking a backwards path trajectory this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just to me a clearer way to see it than if you start out with. Here's the two stones I hit uh, with my <laughs> shovel. So let's now enjoy uh, those those two pieces of hardness at the bottom of the ditch. <laughs> And this is where we get to because uh, everything hits a solid floor at 1290, which is damn yeah. old, okay? There's a lot of documentation so that we know for sure there was a French game that, like, all French things and French sayings make it to England, you mm-hmm. know? So there was this French game, Ragamon Le Bon, Ragamon Le Bon.
0: Okay. Ha
1: uh, uh, you don't like my French, do you? No,
0: I don't I don't know how to yeah. I don't know the right way to say it.
1: No, yeah. uh this is I'll just say it like me. It's Ragamon the good. <laughs> and so this is Ragamon the Good, Rag Ragamon Le Bon. Okay. Um <laughs> I could always make you go, okay, by saying anything in French. It's like please don't do that again. So, I don't know, it's I'm just listening. No, yeah. Uh it's yeah. <laughs> we're not so no. this game, and and they call it a game, and and the sad part is, you know, in
0: twelve ninety,
1: yeah, but we won't probably make it as a civilization to to twenty five hundred. But if we were to, <laughs> there'll nope. be there'll be one description of an iPhone that someone wrote yeah. down, yeah. And everyone will, will repeat it. You know, it, it was a device to get information. Call your friends. It had these things called apps. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then everywhere you looked, it would be that same thing. And that's what I got here.
0: Yeah, you had you had actual bedrock.
1: So it's this game, and the game. I wish there were more information about it. Because so there were there were fifty stanzas, okay. all each its own scribbled little scroll. Okay. okay? And if not their own scroll, each spot where there was a stanza had a little ribbon sticking out. So when you rolled it up, you know it was sort of like a little bookmarker in there, mm-hmm. like this. And because each man, stanza yeah. described uh, sort of a, a a funny description of a character with maybe some flaws built in and some clever things that all ended maybe in a bit of. a a statement in morality or some little lesson built in there about the examination of this character. And you would pull one, I guess, and then read it, and it was you. And that was the essence of the game. I don't know. It was 1290, so what the the hell did you need? That might have been all the excitement and uh, that and a cup of tea, and you were ready for bed. I don't know.
0: Okay. They... I mean it sounds like yeah, like a fable type of thing. It has a moral and has a purpose. It's trying to teach you something.
1: Yeah, but also there was some humor and fun to it sure. because you would you would perceive yourself somehow as this character because you read it, and then yeah. someone else would get a turn. I think the game was was probably something like that. Your friend would then randomly pull a string and read. This is me, and mm-hmm. ha, 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 how funny is that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in this game, R-Ragam- Ragamon the Good, <laughs> um, it was in existence. All we know is in that time, late 13th century. So simultaneously, mm-hmm. there is this whole thing going on with King Edward I of England, and and man, the, the Scots, the Scots really seem to have taken it in the backside. Yeah, always, constantly, right? Yeah. i I, I have no great history knowledge, but this all this research is always pointing out some, you know, like <laughs> yeah. wow, man. Yeah. But okay, there's probably some stuff I don't know. So this King Ed, Edward the One, the First A, <laughs> the One, the One. <laughs> He collected these signatures and seals from people. I don't know if they were just townspeople or if they were heads of clergy. It, there are a lot of different uh, sort of accounts or speculations on accounts that he made you write down uh, your fealty to him. Mm-hmm. And he held that and you, you'd you swear allegiance. Mm-hmm. And he kept that mm-hmm. and everyone had to do one so he had this big roll yeah now how it may have gotten that name is a one of one of two things here's where it goes back and forth he would have this around or his tax collecting cage rattlers would mm-hmm. carry it around okay and people thought it reminded them it looked like the game uh with the with, with the, the scroll with the little ribbon sticking out because yeah. he would have you know it would be marked for all the different people. So they would, they started calling it uh, a Ragamon role. And that was a big, long list of all this stuff. Yeah. But okay, there's no cut and dried answer because, conversely, some people speculate that the game may have had no name or been named something differently. But then after seeing this role, that this, okay, there was a, a fellow that was under King Edward that did his bidding and, and, uh, for tax collecting, etc., cetera, uh, named Ragamanis. Um So people speculated that the game got named after the role that Ragamanus carried around to mm-hmm. collect taxes with. Mm-hmm. And and that is why it's Ragaman Laban, the good. Mm-hmm. Because clearly the the jerk with the big role collecting taxes would have he's been not, the bad right. He's not the good guy <laughs> right. And there that is what I kept talking about the uh, you know the hard spot at the bottom of the yeah. ditch. It hits at yeah, yeah. 1290 on on, on those. these two things. and I think the cool thing is this game exists. We know this game existed and we know it was called this, yeah. and we have a good idea of it. I would imagine some scholars somewhere have an example of some of these stanzas, but I couldn't find any. Yeah, okay. Um, I was going to ask. So was it was it the, you know, the role from the tax collecting and, and the pledges of fealty f- that came first? Or was it the game that came first? Because it's Ragamond the Good, I tend to lean towards the, the, the tax role and the King Edward thing came first, but that's, that's you know, iffy speculation.
0: Yeah, doesn't seem unfounded, though. What, with his name being very similar.
1: <laughs> right, but the game could have been called Ragamon, and then the, they named the scrolls that the guy carried, and then they added the good later, Ragamon Laban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because why Why is it the good?
0: Well, because why... they're saying it's like a fable. Aren't there, usually so there's morals to the stories, maybe? So they're trying to make it into like a... Character driven.
1: It's it's possible, yeah. Th- as well. b- because it seems like when you'd read the stanza, it would show flaws in you too. Yeah. And there'd be funny things for people for you to laugh at yourself and for people to to get a kick out of. Yeah. But in the end, it you know it didn't make a jerk of anybody.
0: <laughs> no, no one would be made the fool of. Yeah. Yes. Of...
1: So that is uh rigmarole, you know, it evolved up through, but is coming from that long stanzas, you know, or or the long laborious lists, I think it remained reasonably intact over 700 years more, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's the gist of it, that I'd say we still use it like. Similarly, I mean, it's a cool
1: evolution on that.
0: Sweet. Rigamarole. That whole rigamarole. Yeah. Well, I'll read you my rigamarole. Uh-oh. For my words, uh, for my first word is
1: fluke. 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 I, You know, I was going to the mall, and then Jane was going to the mall. <laughs> On a fluke, we ran into each other at the leftorium.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, exactly. Right? Success made by accident or chance. How's huh. that? Yeah. Uh, this term sort of gains... Popularity in the sense of w- which we think of it, uh, in around the mid 1800s, and it first pops up uh, in the pool hall billiards. Billiards. I was, ha.
1: <laughs> 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 I was thinking of that yesterday. Like, why is it billiards and then pool? Why do they? Why? Why do we have both of those words for that game?
0: We can do a, a sports episode. Yeah, let's perhaps let's mark and, that that's down. That's the list. Uh, and this term in billiards um just means basically a a lucky shot so not unlike what it stands for or you know not success by accident uh and from what i would it was the name of a particular stroke uh something called a flying stroke but i didn't see it defined i didn't see like a a visual aid of the fluke stroke but it was like it was a type of stroke is what i'm gathering 1857 notes and queries, the second edition. In playing at billiards, another term is he made a fluke, or fluke they spell it f l o o k and f l u k e.
1: Yeah, uh, Yeah. u k e. Correct. We know, right?
0: Yes. 1881 London Times. Bennett tried for a cannon, but fluked the white, and he ran out the winner by ninety points. Whoa. So this is in pool, talking about a pool game. He fluked the white and ran out the winner. Yes. Um, it's a type of shot in pool in the mid-1800s. Within a few years, it seems, I mean, I guess that's probably 50 years or so, um, with its first appearance in the billiards area, it was, uh, started to use outside of the billiards hall to mean just a sudden gust of wind, which was something like that. A fluke was a sudden
1: gust of wind. But then no success comes from that gust.
0: No, there is no success in that gust of wind. No. Uh, in 1889, the slang, jargon, and cant dictionary redefines fluke as a thing obtained by chance when trying to get another. So you're in, a, in trying to succeed in somewhere else, you gain a success that you weren't thinking of, that you weren't trying to get. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Ch- yeah,
0: okay, good. Whose runaway horse he had stopped by the merest fluke about uh, 1889, that's just in the paper somewhere. Some guy just caught a horse <laughs> just, just by the merest fluke. <laughs> yeah. But this word obviously didn't originate in the 1800s. We've we've been talking more than, or, you know, using it more than that. Uh, it is it, it purported that it may have a sailing origin. No way. Purported. Uh, in this path, seems to lead um, fluke, which is also a type of fish. A flatfish, like a flounder. The (laughs) flounder and the fluke are flatfish, and their eyes are positioned in different places, I believe. The flounder is on one side, the eyes, and the fluke has eyes on a different side than the flounder. I believe right is flounder and left is fluke, but I'm not saying I'm correct.
1: (laughs) Flounder and fluke.
0: Yes. So this fish, which is called the fluke, um, dating back to at least... 700 so we're we're moving back pretty far to this fish being called the fluke Uh, and it's called the fluke i i didn't gain gain why it's specifically called the fluke but i get why other things are called the fluke after this so the fish is called the fluke and now we are starting to call parts of the boat anchor uh a fluke the triangular uh tips of the boat anchors why because they resemble the fish, the flatfish. Huh. Um, so we're calling the boat anchor uh, a fluke, and this is around the 1600s. And I also saw around the 1600s that they were referring to uh, even arrowheads and other sort of triangular-shaped metal objects, not just boat anchors. Um, then, so from the boat anchors, now we are starting to call the whale, a whale's tail a fluke due to the fact that it sort of looks like a boat anchor.
1: Oh, come on, people.
0: <laughs> and then that grows into calling what whales do I guess how whales swim as fluking. And they're, they're referring to fluking as moving very fast under the water. Fluking. The <laughs> <laughs> the century, the century, wow, century dictionary uh, connects it to with fluke, to, in reference to the whales use of weight that's what I said, to go very fast. So I don't have to read that, right?
1: No. Yeah. Okay. But are the fish's parents also they fluke?
0: <laughs> the fish's parents are flukes.
1: It would be a mother fluker. A
0: mother fluker and a father fluker.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: nice. Um, so again, these things are true. These words are in origins or these, this history does exist. This is true. But the whale's tail. and Anything that looks like a flat
1: triangle is a fluke to They're, these people.
0: Yeah. And the, and the boats and the anchors, a fluke and the arrows, this is all true, Just but make
1: more words.
0: Still the, the literal origin of fluke, uh, in this sense is uncertain, but they believe it, I, I lexicographers believe, um, that the best theory is that it actually traces to an old english dialect word fluke which means guess which again is a pretty good theory guess. so
1: the the idea that uh, that it's unearned success mm-hmm. doesn't translate to the fish Like no. where did it make that jump it didn't make that jump until the 1800s or am i wrong
0: no no that's what i was yeah essentially well they're saying that the, the this other fluke, the dialect old English maybe the the true parentage, but there's no no there I there was no this is why theory to that. Yeah. Yeah. They said the 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 sailing is the most use in popular use. People would get the word
1: the anchor just because of shape. So that's unrelated
0: yes to lock the success by accident.
1: Yeah, let's yeah. 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 And then I'm the most amateuristic amateur that you want to find <laughs> with the pool cue yeah but I, anytime i've played pool nothing counts unless you call your shot except on break you know you break yeah and you know whatever but i usually just play that high low game i know you know yeah. i don't know anything else but you have to call your shot a fluke do- doesn't count you just you forfeit your turn if you didn't call it
0: well the fluke in the original sense was a type of shot you're, you're going to say i'm going to fluke the nine in the corner pocket or something That's, so it was an actual type of shot and i think because it looked it got to be maybe a trickier shot that it got to a lucky lucky shot you
1: know what i mean i i mean yeah i mean there's it's it's quasi nebulous <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes no the origins are uncertain yeah for this one
1: all right a fish Things shaped like a fish. A guest from Norwegian. A guest. The flat,
0: the flatfish also is. There's a worm, the fluke, which is named after the fish as well because wow, it looks man. similar to the
1: to the fish. Everything looks like that fish to people. Yeah. W- okay. What's uh, up? No, where uh. was the where was the guest word from Finland, Sweden, Norton?
0: Uh An old English dialect word. Old English. So a, a dialect of English. All right. Fluke. F L U K E. Still, meaning guess
1: why mess with that spelling
0: right well they got the f-l-o-o-k-e wait nope just no e at
1: the end of that that's fluky yeah (laughs) well there you have it little rigmarole on that one rigmarole into the ads no and our ads no and let's just take a quick
2: break here All's well believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all. Their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury unreal prices allswellhome.com hole nine yards is sponsored by the roberto clemente museum located in a restored engine house in pittsburgh's revitalized lawrenceville neighborhood the clemente museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts works of art literature photographs and memorabilia related to roberto clemente and his life in baseball Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo. And purchase tour tickets for the museum at clemenemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clemenemuseum.com promo code W9Y21. Whole 9 Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can-and-one-show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at BigScienceMusic.com. That's BigScienceMusic.com.
1: So, yeah, how about that? No, you'll be okay.
0: (laughs) Yes, how about that?
1: How about that? Funny-sounding words. Comic-sonics. Comic-sonics. So, um, you know, everyone, I know it's summer, people are sunbathing and other stuff, but, um, you know, we could use, you know more correspondence we'd love to hear from you and know what you'd like us to you know yeah you know a word an idiom what you thought about that last show you listened to
0: if we messed something up
1: don't write that it'd be like but yeah (laughs) non-stop email yeah (laughs) it's okay but something yeah to the whole nine yards pod yes twitter Instagram and Reddit, whole nine yards podcast, Facebook. You could message us at any of these places. It's, yeah, it, it's a great fun. Will be had by all. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm having fun. No, yeah. So back to funny sounding words. Um, I have rinky dink, rinky dink. Yeah. All right.
0: Is it in any way related to Shrinky Dinks?
1: I saw no relation. No relation. No. Okay. But makes me give a wonder. Mm. Because if something's Rinky Dink, like, yeah, I ordered those new bongos for the studio, but when they came, they're eh, kind of Rinky Dink. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It means they're sort of cheesy, right? Let's
0: say like a Slipshod.
1: Slip <laughs> Yeah. That
0: takes us back.
1: We don't say, also, why do we call things cheesy? Hey, cheese is pretty good. Yeah. So why is something that's sort of corny? Hey, why do we call it corny? See? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many <Well>, hundred seasons. <laughs> ha, ha.
1: <laughs> so this one, Rinky Dink, it's got a, a little bit of a thing. Okay. Uh, so 1912, as a noun, there is a propensity for definitions to lean toward calling it carnival slang. Okay. Imitative of an old banjo. Hmm. Um, and it would say, think think in terms of the uh, ricky-tick, you know, but your ricky ticky tavy. What was that author who did that? It was
0: uh, Kipling, right, Rudyard Kipling. Yes. Yeah.
1: I watched sort of a cartoon mm-hmm. of this story narrated uh, by no other than uh, Orson Welles. Yes. Um, yes. And and thought, well, this is uh, you know, I, I, there's large parts of. Culture that are missing from me, so I, I had no idea what what the hell who mm-hmm. who's got a pet squirrel that's attacking some cobra? It's a mongoose, whatever. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't get all the way through it. I'm sure it's it's got you know a nice message and, and it's great entertainment, but they want you to compare like to Ricky Tick, Ricky Ticky Tabby, but they'll also say you know old fashioned jazz, you know sound on the banjo is Ricky Tiki. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know, and I didn't read that book and I didn't watch that whole cartoon with the squirrel and the snake. <laughs> but, it's a mongoose. Okay. I I don't know if any banjos or carnivals show up in there. I think they're in India, so yeah. I don't know what, what has to do with anything.
0: I don't recall banjos.
1: But I think what's pertinent here is that that's... Book landed when I say eighteen ninety four, late eighteen hundreds for sure. Yeah, eighteen ninety four. Yeah, so we start to see. uh, But remember, we're not ricky ticky. We're rinky dink. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Rinky dink has a funny little blend of of what it used to mean. You would think if it was carnival, and there are uses of it. Seeming like it meant cheap and tawdry, as we would still use it. Love the word tawdry. I know. But it also seemed to mean a bit something else. Enjoy this quote. Okay. So I felt and saw that I was robbed, and I went to look after an officer. I found an officer on the corner of 25th Street and 6th Avenue. I said, officer, I have got the rinky-dink. He knew what I meant, all right. (laughs) He said, where? Down at that wench house, I said, I guess that is right. <laughs> okay. So the rinky-dink sort of meant uh, uh, a little dark thing of tricked, conned.
0: Oh, okay.
1: A little bit like that.
0: I see. I was thinking more of venereal disease. Oh. Uh, but no, you're saying it's more of a confidence game.
1: Probably, Because yes. why would you tell
0: them? I'm, I'm, obviously, yeah, why would you say to the the law, I got a VD?
1: Right, you're <laughs> going to go try to get right. some mercury injections. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Oh, God. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Just pour it right on there. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. What you said makes sense. More sense,
1: for sure. But, you know... Well, that quote is is in, you know, nineteen thirties. Mm-hmm. So that's the odd thing about it, because it, it has a couple of different sides. It's not Sybil, but it's got at least a couple of little ways people looked at it. Now is, is the is the breakdown where I I sort of say this is what it is or where it was born. Mm-hmm. 1897, some paper in Nevada A race between a couple of nags Led quite a crowd to the top of the Silver Prize Ridge last evening The Yowler Hoss, owned by a stranger Provided to be too speedy for the inky-hued local steed And our hometown got $20 worth of the rinky-dink So, I guess the prize mm-hmm. The second place prize Because the local horse lost Came in second Yeah got you know some trinkets
0: okay <laughs> but they call the trinkets the rinky dink yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah they won the rinky dink yeah
1: yeah I mean these early uses are like that yeah it's funny but you're like the one that- won the rinky dink yeah yeah they do this um <laughs> there was a duck whose name was Jim Mm-kay. he thought he'd made a hit oh. <laughs> I didn't say a thing to him say he was in it knit your talk, I said, is simple, punk. You'll win me, I don't think. And so instead of being hunk, he got the rinky dink. <laughs> so uh, uh, the guy's hitting on her or mm-hmm. something, right? Okay. And then, uh, but he doesn't get he what doesn't, he's after, does right. he? Right,
0: no, he gets the rinky dink. He gets the
1: rinky dink. Which is second prize. Second place? Well, or, or just... Not what he was after, yeah. Right. A cheap tawdry version of what he was after. <laughs> yes. As many of my dates. So there... Uh, <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> cheap tawdry versions of what you're after, Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah,
1: it hurts. So um. also 1897, I, I, I have to point out, if I haven't pointed it out enough, 1897. 1897.
0: 1897.
1: 1897. <laughs> <Yeah>. 1897. <laughs> exactly, but within this cheap and tawdry second place trinketishness, mm-hmm. yeah, there is another worthy of taking note <laughs> aspect of of this definition at this time, and it could be applicable to what I just read. And it is what I call, you know, the definition, I would say, you got the short shrift. Do you know what I mean? You got um, you got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is how it's used. Uh, there being no dearth of political aspirants, out with your lines. Don't be disappointed if all get the rinky dink. Mm-hmm. The short shrift, if, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. And you will. And I will. So I could read these all afternoon. (laughs) Uh, The ice, it's going to (laughs) break. But not really. But there are a lot of newspapers and some some little periodicals. In 1897. In 1897. So it appears once that I could find in 1896. Ooh, going back. Well, I will say like this. Sometimes we have to remember, and and in when you had okay, mm-hmm. that was a good example of the power of a journalist in a newspaper just to create these things and change mm-hmm. everything, right? Yeah, form their own definitions. Essentially, that, I mean, it was it was the mothership of information. You got the paper. Mm-hmm. That was what you had. Yeah, and. So they could invent language and words if they want. Mm-hmm. And they did. Yale Literary Magazine, February 1896. Rinky dink, rinky dink, stand him up for another drink. Uh, so we see it first there in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a Yale, let me say it again, Yale Literary Magazine. And then we know that the Ricky tikki tavi with the mongoose, you say, mm-hmm was eighteen ninety four yeah, so it could have been and and it's and it's just alliteration mm-hmm. it's just people playing with syllables and yeah. words, yeah. and we forget now because we're so jaded uh <laughs> and cynical, we forget how much fun it might be in eighteen ninety seven just to say something rinky dink it's yeah. fun to use, right we don't you know. Anymore, I mean, I left the word "poop" and stuff. Well, yeah. So, it started with this Yale magazine. Like a drinking
0: toast, like a toast. What would you call that?
1: Yeah, a limerick. A lim? I'll go with limerick. All right, this Yale limerick (laughs) with some made-up fun words. Yeah, which may have been influenced consciously or subconsciously after reading Rudyard Kipling. Yes, say that one three times. Yeah, no, I'd get you. And then, but a boom, but a bing, it caught fire because I made a point. I don't know if you noticed to say 1897. It is all over the place. I did hear that after one use in 1896. So that's the uh, top of the mountain stream right yeah. there.
0: No no rinky-dink prize here.
1: No. You get the cheap and tawdry and you'll like it. <laughs> All right. All right. Nice. I hope your word isn't rinky-dink. My uh,
0: word is gimmick. Huh. Gimmick. A tricky or ingenious device, gadget, idea adopted for the purpose of attracting attention or publicity. A clever ploy or strategy.
1: I think you got that pretty good.
0: Yeah. I took a few. I, I took a few and mixed them together.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's what I like to do. Yeah. Mash it up.
0: Mash, just mash it up. 1926, G.H. Mains and B. Grant's wisecracking dictionary, Gimmick, device used for making a fair game crooked. Hmm. 1926, American speech. Every snipe endeavors to impress the poor swabos with his talk of gill guys, gadgets, and gimmicks. What year? 1926.
1: 1926.
0: So uh, we're in the time of, again, saying fun things to fun people for fun reasons.) <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to, nope Etymologists suggest that the term uh, emerged in the United States in the 1900s. Um, the uh, OED suggests that it uh, might have been just a slang term for anything that a you know, a confidence man or a magician. Like manipulated to make appearances different from reality. Like, you know, mirrors or any sort of uh gadget really that yeah. they would have with them. Fake mustaches, <laughs> whatever you'd need. The uh the playing cards. I don't know how to do a three card Monty, how to cheat at that. Whatever you do there to cheat at three card Monty.
1: Yeah. And
0: In a I confidence sh- game.
1: It's not my yeah.
0: Um Yeah, refer to any pieces of magician's apparatus. And there's a lovely theory, which I like, that says that the word itself may be an approximate anagram of the word magic. What? In a a -A G-I-M-A-C gimmick is an anagram of the word magic. It's just enjoyable. Yeah. You don't like that one? Yeah. Just digesting that. (laughs) Um, We do have evidence that this term, I mean, obviously, this term is used, uh, but it 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 seemingly predates the 1926 into uh, earlier 20s in the tel- telegraphy industry. What would you telegraphy telegraphy? I'm making really? that up. Yeah, I don't think it's right. Um, but in a similar sense that we would use uh, to term the term just gadget or uh, widget, something any any piece of arbitrary equipment. A thingamajig if you will yeah Uh, 1921 telegraph and telephone age uh there's a snippet says fully remove the speaking hearing gadget from its spider-leg forks untwisting the fathoms of cord from around the box and beneath your feet you next select a comfortable chair adjust the aforesaid gimmick to the ear and hello you say engagingly no reply hello again Captain, hello. You ring? You suddenly discover that you've been holding the wrong end of the gimmick to your ear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so, they thought it was a passing fancy, so they applied that. Right. The gimmick. No, no. They thought the uh, telephone was a passing fancy.
0: No, but I'm saying calling it a gimmick because they thought it was yeah, just right. an arbitrary piece of uh of just meh, what is this? We don't need that. Um, that goes even further back a little bit to uh, 1910. A snippet of the Domestic Engineering Journal of Domestic Engineering and the Journal of Mechanical Contracting. In a hotel at Muscatine, Iowa, the other day, I twisted the gimmick attached to the radiator with the intention of having some heat in my Nova Zemblin booth. <laughs> so he's talking about uh, spinning just a dial, yeah, on a radiator, just a thing, just a piece of a uh, piece of mechanical equipment, right? Pure speculation, is we have evidence of the gimmick, which you know, I'm just, is any device, any kind of device, right? And then maybe, maybe magicians took it over and, and then said, well, it's any kind of like a, a trick device, right? And then they were out there feeding that magic
1: anagram. Oh, see, I was I'm, listening to these examples as if, just like I, that, like I said, because they didn't expect the phone and maybe, uh, you know, knobs and dials seemed uh, gimmicky, as they still can today, in some ways, mm-hmm. I was looking at it like it was already assumed it meant fakie magic or whatever, and then they were applying it to real world things that they thought were, um, you know, a little, a a bit much.
0: It actually seems to more than likely. Again, this is this is an origins uncertain. But it seems more likely the other way around. Really? That the earlier we go back, we get more of a usage of a mechanical contrivance. In the 1620s, the, the parent word is purported to be maybe gimcrack, hmm. G-I-M-K-R-A-C-K. Nope, C-R-A-C-K. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got an idea of the definition of it then?
0: It is mechanical contrivance. That's kind of what they're calling. They're using the word gimcrack in the 1620s to mean mechanical contrivance. Yeah, exactly. And then um, it seems earlier in the 1600s, even more of a showy person. But I also saw maybe, didn't we touch upon something? Was (laughs) it like fop or what was the word I did where it was like, was it dandy? Is that what it was? Dandy? Yeah. I think in that kind of sense as well, uh, a gimcrack the Beaumont and Fletcher comedy and tragedy play. <laughs> These are fine gimcracks. Hey, here comes another, a flagon full of wine in his hand.
1: Ah, and it hit home. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, right. I mean, I just see what, you know, but the correlation across the lines is, you know, makes the use of the word a little broader than.
0: The earlier use. The the gimcrack, it's, it's interesting because I think I didn't see a specific jump to the mechanical contrivance definition, um, but lexicographers are saying it goes back even further to the 1400s, a middle Age word gibcrack, G-I-B-E-C-R-A-K-E, which means uh, an ornament, almost like a tchotchke or a southern word we use for those.
1: Yeah, so it was still... It was always, yeah, always meant it was always poking a little bit of fun or, or, uh, giving a stink eye to something that others might take seriously or something. What do you, what, how do you want to say that?
0: Yeah. Right. It's something that you would, some a person may think is, I don't want to say belittling, but, um, inconsequential. Belittling. Perhaps. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Across that gamut I I think
0: yeah it does it does follow that sense of a trinket or uh, something uh, of unimportance and even so through the like you said the telephone I didn't think that was gonna kick around or this weird dial on this this radiator what what the heck is that thing
1: yeah I mean you could imagine even all of all of the iterations of the Sir John Harrington's um, flap yeah uh, you know toilet thing you know they were they have been looked at like you know someone else brought what? another thing around that they want us to. <laughs> try. Come on, man. what
0: is this? I gotta pull up this gimmick over here and then do what in there? Crack. Yeah, like, right. Get it out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's sort of what uh, I it led me to to trace it back, or to to led me to believe for sure as I look back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is not nothing.
0: No, I enjoyed that away the gi- gib crack gim crack gimmick i like it i also like the anagram of magic just because that's fun but again not you know maybe as true as we get keep digging in (laughs) yeah it stuck me in the mud a bit (laughs) well no i i was using that as a transition point so you actually helped me transition with exactly what you said yeah so it was very helpful
1: i selected a pivot point
0: it was great because i was that's what i was where i was going (laughs) to (laughs) pivot
1: well that wasn't a that wasn't a rinky dink etymology
0: no and or
1: rigmarole
0: wasn't too much of a rigmarole or rigmarole rigmarole yeah right it is rigmarole we're
1: saying it wrong eh <laughs> you know how it goes you know after, after you say it wrong for so long wrong is right
0: yeah that's how it works mm-hmm. yeah dictionaries are not prescriptive they are descriptive they describe what we say they don't tell us what to say
1: I, I find that a little unfortunate. That's just how it works. You can't. how It's yeah. I, but anyway, so we, were, having fully digressed. <laughs> um, that was a fun set of funny sounding funny comic sonics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I we'll think. get
0: some more of those.
1: There's got to be more. Yeah. I think we came up with a couple in there that I made note of.
0: I didn't read a few in my descriptions because I'm like, oh, we can maybe toss those in. Yeah, same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, we already did the thing, so the everything's things. great. Yeah. And I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not, not idiots. idiots.
2: Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at Whole9Yards.org or contact Whole9Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole number nine yards.org. Whole9Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.